0: Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak, help you go next level with
1: your practice, leveraging the four pillars that make a practice bulletproof. Vision, building a dream team, marketing ninja, and financial freedom. Now, let's get into it.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, Craig and I are super excited to have the one and only Corey Glenn who we've been uh, we have attempted to have on the podcast before and through some technical snafus we uh, weren't able to do that but but Corey we've been following you from afar and if you if our listeners are at all been following the digital workflow space Corey you're kind of you're kind of uh, plotting the path in, in which dentistry is headed and, and I'm you know I, I knew of you long before just we be connected personally. Just watching YouTube videos and what you were doing, and just lo- looking at the workarounds and the digital workflows, and the stuff you're doing, and um, it's pretty cool. And so right now, Corey's Corey's visiting us from. Uh, we were just talking before I hit record from his uh his mad 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 scientist workshop, the man cave where he does all where all the magic kind of happens. And uh, Corey, you live in in Winchester, Tennessee, is that right?
2: I do, yeah. Winchester, Tennessee, a little small town in southern middle Tennessee.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at your bio here on the Blue Sky Bio, and obviously you're an avid fisherman, father of three. You got, you got the life, man. You got the life. I love it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So give us a little bit, quick genesis of kind of wh- wh- why, why you're doing what you're doing, how you got here. I know you had a practice for a while, and you, and you sold it, you said, just, just recently. So give a quick, uh, quick rundown, if you wouldn't mind.
2: Yeah, sure. So I, uh, you know, graduated in 08, did a one-year residency, and then came to Winchester and had a uh, solo private practice right out of the gate. And um, so got really busy. We're doing great with the practice and everything. Was starting to to do a lot of the the digital kind of stuff, and was just posting that everywhere. I guess that's kind of what, you know, made people get to know who I was. Mm-hmm. And right as all that was taking off, I was just you know burning the candle at both ends. Um, you know, just doing way, way too much. And I just got really run down and wasn't feeling good. Uh, back was just killing me. I couldn't hardly, you know, get through a work day. And if I did, I had to come home and just lie flat on the floor. So anyway, I finally went to the doctor because I was having just the back pain, some weird symptoms. And uh, that was 2012, I believe, end of 2012. And uh, they actually discovered I had leukemia. So, Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a big surprise and a uh, big wake up call. So.
1: Wait, uh, just uh, to get uh, – sorry, Corey. So, you started – you graduated in 2008? Yep. How old are you right now? I am 36. Oh, young 36. dude. Okay, got it. So, you you're, got out of school in 2008, 2012. Four years later, you find out you have leukemia, huh? That,
2: that doesn't sound right. 2015 is, is more accurate.
1: Okay, so, so 2000 three years ago, yeah. Sorry Okay, day. no worries. Yeah, no worries. Got it. I'm sorry. I just but, still, to the,
0: but still, quick quick after out of the gates, essentially. Right right okay yeah, so yeah so was, so, it, was it related uh, to your back like was that a correlation or was just serendipity they found it kind of
2: we you know it's hard to say um they still don't know 100 percent what's going on with it um you know long story short they, they treated the leukemia and i'm all good on that front but the, the back pain just never really got better hmm. uh, which is what led to me eventually having to, to sell the practice but um what the cause of it is, you know, a couple of the doctors I've seen have said, you know, basically when you were diagnosed, all of your bone marrow was eaten up with leukemia cells and it kind of caused, uh, you know, just a little bit of collapse essentially. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that I've heard, maybe it's just, um, nerve damage from the chemo. We don't know what the heck's wrong with me, but you know, all in all I could be dead. So I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Honestly, that, you know, uh, um, You know, obviously that's that's pretty private and personal, but I appreciate you kind of being vulnerable and sharing that. That's that's cool. Oh, no worries. Um, um, But you know, you know, nothing. What am I trying to say? You wouldn't be in this situation now if you were running a full clinical schedule. So you know, God, uh, you know, I think God has a plan for everything, kind of thing. Uh, For sure, for sure. uh, I was
2: very fortunate to have this to fall back on, and um, you know, I I do miss clinical a lot, but at the same time, I you know, I don't want to have to come home and. He'd take a narcotics just to function at night and play with my kids. So uh, this has been a great thing as well. I love what I'm doing now. It's, it's afforded me, you know, a little more flexibility for travel and to pursue the teaching and stuff. So it, it's worked out.
1: Yeah, I think it's just interesting because uh, I'm coming off the heels of a good buddy of mine. My buddy Mark, uh, super fit guy, 46 years old, has a six-week-old baby, brand-new baby. Uh, and four weeks ago, he um, had just like a little lump in his neck. And he uh, fast forward now, he's got tonsillar cancer, which uh, I think all of our colleagues who need to pay special attention to because white middle-aged males, um, it's actually related from HPV. right? Yeah. Um, the, the amount of uh, um, tonsillar and pharyngeal cancer for males is skyrocketing. so. Fast forward, he's got a feeding tube, a chemo port, and he's going to get his butt kicked. You got a good prognosis, but right. it's terribly painful. You lose a lot of weight. He's going to go through all that stuff. But an interesting thing, and the reason why I'm bringing it up right now is I met him because he had to get fluoride trays done, and, um, you know, he has to go through all that protocol with the dentist here. Right. And I, he said to me, he's like, Craig, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm happier now since my diagnosis than I've ever been. I'm, I'm, I'm upset about the cancer. Um, and I, I don't wish cancer on anybody, but the context of cancer, the context of, in your case, leukemia, mm-hmm. um, is is so amazing because we all are so upset because production, hygienist, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, you know, something real comes along. And you're like, God damn, I wish I could go back to yesterday or last week when all I was bitching about was this. But that context oh makes people so happy. And I agree with Pete. Um, thank you for saying that. I do believe that God put that in your path and directed you. Life happens for you, and not just to you. Um,
2: yeah, hundred percent had that same shared experience. You know, yeah. it's it, it's one of those deals that like it, it's kind of like dental school. Uh, I'm so glad I'm through it. I would never want to go have to do it again. But yeah. On on the tail end of it, it's it's one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life because it you know it, it refocuses you on what's important, important. and yeah. uh, you know. Uh, I was giving up exercise and time with my kids and uh, my sanity just so I could post some stupid technique I uh, made up in mesh mixer on a, on a Facebook forum. It's like, you know, what what's really
1: important here? Yeah, good for I, you. I, it was a good wake up call. Good for you. you, and a good wake up call for us as well. So thank how old
0: you. are your kids, and then we'll get into it. how old are your kids? Just
1: yeah, my I've got three girls. They're
0: nine, seven, and five.
1: Oh wow, so they're yeah, right same as Pete and I. Then we got we're uh, we're four. He well. I've got a five and an eight, Pete, you're four or three, the twin, um, seven,
0: seven four three. Yeah. Okay. So Corey walk us through kind of, let's start with a, like an overview, like a 30,000 foot view and, um, of kind of where the digital workflow is, where it's going. Craig and I talk, you know, some of our most popular podcasts have been what we see the future of dentistry being. And this is an important component, the digital workflow, you know, going kind of going from an analog to a digital workflow, and disrupting the space. Um, we talk about it in the context of how it weaves in and out with some bigger things we talk about in terms of like group practices and, you know, the sole ownership. So it's a bigger, it's a bigger conversation. We say when we talk the future of dentistry, but from a clinical aspect, can you kind of walk us through, you know, kind of elaborate on what you feel like the the future of dentistry looks like, especially in the, in the knowledge base that you have?
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. So you know, obviously, digital is nothing new. I mean, it's it's ever growing. But you know, how I think we're 30 years out now from the original SERAC. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: there there's nothing necessarily new under the sun. But what I do see being the big change going on right now is that it's finally getting accessible. It's finally getting to where you don't have to take out a second mortgage to be able to buy some machine that does this one task. You know, mm-hmm. now we've got um very affordable scanners we've got very affordable 3d printing we've got uh open source mills and we've got the kind of the big thing that drew me into all of this was the software component is that you know now there's free softwares like blue sky who i, I work with um that that give me the ability now to do all of these things and then tie it together with these different open source technologies and so uh that that's been really exciting because now you know for, I think for if you buy a $5,000 3D scanner and, let's say, a, a $3,000 3D printer, man, you're, you're into digital dentistry. Mm-hmm. There's a, a ton of stuff that you can do with that, digital ortho, digital dentures, um, study models, digital wax-ups. I mean, there's so many things that that opens up to you. Um, it, it's just incredible. And so um,
0: I'm glad you, I want to pause that for a second, Corey, because I'm glad that you mentioned that. Because a lot of times we talk about digital, and it's like, you got to have the CBCT, you got to have this scanner, you got to have the ITER. Like, and you start adding it up, and you're like, well, I can't get into the space for under $200,000, right? Yeah. But like you just said, like you can start dabbling or tiptoeing or doing whatever. Like you can enter the space for, let's call it $8,000. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It, yeah. And so there's really no, it's not a barrier to entry for clinical dentists. It's maybe a time, you know, and daunting from a, a time and a learning and a, and a, you know, onboarding aspect, but it's not a cost impediment. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up.
2: Right. I mean, you know, there, there definitely are some big ticket items, you know, yeah, so of course. Billing, uh, an intraoral scanner or obviously the beam those are big ticket items, but man, those are not necessary to do any of this stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you want to start doing your own clear aligner ortho in house, you need the ability to uh, take an alginate, pour up a stone model, and then you can use the scanner. For example, the shining 3d scanner that I'm using 5,000 bucks, you scan your stuff in, um, you can do your entire digital treatment planning in blue sky for uh, virtually for free, or you can even push a button and outsource that. Someone else does it for you for 200 bucks. And then again, you take this super affordable 3D printer and print all your, your models and liners and everything. And and man, you're doing clear liner ortho for under 300 bucks a case. It's insane.
0: That is crazy. That's crazy. So are you, are you um, a disciple of one of the printers? Like I know a couple of guys and they actually have like a moon ray and a, form lab like i am actually listening to my form labs yeah. I, I don't do it but my my surgeon I'm listening to him i'm hearing it go woo, 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 like yep. literally hearing the printer going right now as we speak so yeah. mine, mine is going right yeah. now <laughs> so that looks different than the one the one we have is a uh, form lab so can you talk about i know maybe that's getting into the weeds a little bit but i think it's important to talk about the pros and the cons real quickly about it seems like there's three that are pretty prevalent in dentistry
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, you know, the the main one that I'm using and that I kind of steer everybody towards is the uh, the Moonray. Um, The Moonray and Form 2, I think, are kind of the two biggest players right now in the dental space. And uh, as far as a quality of print, I think they're both dead on par. Um, I don't think you're going to see a discernible difference between them. One thing I like about the Moonray is that it seems to play nice with more materials so form labs has kept a little bit more of a closed approach on what materials they'll develop profiles for which is a pain in the butt because for, for example me i'm i'm developing the digital denture software well they don't have a profile for the pink um uh, gingival uh, base material or the crown and bridge material that you print the teeth out of and so uh the form or the uh, moon is it's just a really simple printer um it's very straightforward there's not a learning curve with it but Probably the biggest selling point to me is that it does play nice with everything. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I'm up to like seven printers. Let's see, let's Good see Lord. just what I have in here right now. I've got a photon printer. That's the little $450 one. I've got the jewel 3d, which is my $15,000 paperweight. Um, <laughs> the time, but not, not something I'm using any longer. Uh, I've got, the uh, Moonray S. Uh, so that's kind of my workhorse. I've got a Maker Select.
1: This you got is a Gibson just... Les Paul. I saw that. I've yep.
2: got a Gibson Les Paul. Yes. Uh, there's the Maker Select. This is just an FDM printer. Uh, I've got a Robox dual material. I've got a Robox single material sitting right here somewhere. So, I mean, those are kind of the ones that I've played with and that I've been using, but for sure the Moonray, it, at least for me is the main thing that's really uh, getting my work done.
0: Okay. So if someone had to, if you, if you had a recommendation, let's, let's say I ha- was had zero, zero knowledge in the space. I was a dentist and I wanted to enter and I had, I was able to buy one printer.
2: Uh, for me, it's Moonray right Moonray.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just, and that I, can change just,
2: tomorrow, it's on. for right now, that's, that's what it is. That's, and
0: it's not because of accuracy. It's because of materials.
2: No, it's, yeah, it's, it's because of materials and, uh, Know, the the number of different things it'll do, speed of print, um, but again, it and Formlabs are pretty on par with mm-hmm. quality and speed of print and all that kind of stuff. It's materials is a big limitation I feel like, right now for the
1: what the, scanner the, are you using to uh, to digit to, to capture the um, information? All right, so I'll walk over and show you this too. This is I like Shining. this.
0: We get we're getting a tour. Yeah. I love this. I was I'm on the phone here. That's
1: the only way I can get
2: the camera to work. So you're going to get the walking tour. But yeah, this is the Shining 3D. And uh, it, it's a cool little scanner. It's it's open. Um,
0: That's a desktop and, scanner, right?
2: Yes, this is a lab style scanner. And so, okay. Um, obviously, I'm not practicing, so I,
0: what what do I need to? No, do? I'm just. Well, I know that some people use though, like a handheld scan. Well, can't
1: you use like can't you use Itero or uh, um, oh like a uh, Serona, like a Sironix scanner to scan the mouth and do do
2: for sure? Yeah, you can do all, you can do all of that. So the thing you get into though with intraoral scanners is is just a much higher price tag. I know Medit just came out with one that's around fifteen thousand. Uh, that's a pretty competitive price. I don't know a thing in the world about the scanner yet, but. Uh, again, if we're if we're talking about trying to minimize barriers to entry, I think this is a great starting point because the scanner again, it's five thousand um, bucks. Show it again,
0: Corey, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's just a small desktop lab style scanner. And, and what's the thing, name of it? It's the Shining Three D D S E X. They clearly didn't run that through the English department. <laughs> um, Sex. but uh, six So yeah, but you know, one of the cool things about this, and I think uh, one of the easiest ways to make your money back is yes, you can digitize any kind of models. You can scan impressions though. And so for like the last several months that I was practicing, we were able to, uh, I've I've been down CERAC, we sold that. Um, It worked great in its time, but we kind of went away from that. And this, we were able to uh, just take a quick PVS impression, which I, frankly I kind of like PVS impressions over intraoral scanning. But then we could take it straight out of the mouth and just scan it with this. It's scanned tell, in five minutes.
0: You tell me why, mad, Corey. You
2: still
0: get I want to stop you there. Why? You said yeah. you prefer PVS to digital scanning. Is it a time thing? Is it an accuracy thing?
2: It's it's um, one cost. I'm I'm so sick of every company in dentistry wanting four hundred dollars a month for me. Uh-huh. Uh, because, you know, you got to belong to this club and that club and, you know, stuff constantly breaks and you got to get it serviced. So okay. I was a little over that. Um, the Serac too, I had bought one used and it, it was a really good fit for me when we were doing 20, 25 crowns a month. And then we got busier beyond that. And I didn't have the enough operatories to have the capacity people to be sitting there for that extra down hour while it's being milled and glazed and all that. Because if if I could stick another crown right there, then it makes no sense. I'm better off to take a PBS impression, get them back, you know, three days later. Um, So to me, the, I mean, I know a lot of people say they build their practice on the same day thing. Maybe it's just a small town, but my my patient base just honestly didn't care that much. Well, well,
1: what I'm see what I'm seeing a lot of is, I think there's two factors. I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about this. I think that patient perception being scanned versus having an impression, that's a, that's a, patient, bu- that's a patient building. Ex- that's an experience building, uh, yes. you know, a patient building experience. Um, that's number one. Number two, I do believe that th- there's plenty of courses out there that could take one of your Maverick assistants and turn them into Serac designer scanner thing, and that could make it very efficient as well. I'm having someone that's there, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy I've got three iTero's and two CEREC scanners already. So what is that? I got a half a million, $600,000 in scanners. So, but we don't have a 3d printer. So like we're, we're slowing down pretty good too, as far as our processes go. Uh,
2: You know, I I think it's one of those deals. If you're going to do the the same day dentistry stuff, you you really kind of have to structure your practice around that. Yeah. I think you need extra operatories compared to a, a practice that is not trying to do that. Cause again, if you've got the room for them to sit around, then heck, it makes all the sense in the world. What do yeah. you care if they sit there for an hour? But I didn't have it. And so when we got busy beyond that point, it made more sense to just say, you know, come back here in a couple of days. And it, you know, I thought it would be a big deal. I mean, very few people even mentioned it or cared. Mm-hmm. Um, And my my costs and headache actually went down because we were just, to me, it's less demanding to take a PBS impression. You know, if there's a little gingival tag, I squirt it out of the way and it captures it Um, versus intraoral scanning. It it partly does make you a better dentist because you now have to be more demanding of your isolation and your technique and all that kind of stuff. So um, PBS has always just been easy to me. Uh, I was using two-minute set time, and then I can just directly scan that in the scanner.
1: When did that come out. out, Corey? When did scanning of impressions come out? You're talking to a dinosaur here with me. I hope I, I hope there's a good <laughs> well, it's
2: Well, it's been around forever, um, right. but it, very, few, very few dentists were messing with it for whatever well, reason. Well, when did it get good?
1: When did scanning of impressions get decent?
2: I don't know the real answer to that. I can only speak for when I got this, which was over – over a year ago. Okay. And,
1: um, so relatively yeah. new, like in the last two, three years.
2: Uh, yes, I mean, again, it may have been around before then, but um, my experience with it is in using it for scanning triple tray impressions, and for that application, I feel like it's as good as as intraoral scanning, and it's it's uh, just super easy and it's cheap. I'm still getting the digital discount. I'm still getting a three day turnaround. Um, just like I would if I was doing an interworld scan, but without the upfront cost.
0: There's some obviously there's some people who may be like you know some purists in the digital aspect of, that would say, well, you're losing a lot of data from the from the tr- the transformation of of the acquisition of the data from the impression to the digital as opposed to going purely to the digital, right? <laughs> so from an accuracy standpoint, in like, okay. And I don't know honestly. Again, I don't I don't do this day to day, so. Yeah. Uh, but I have heard that argument is that you know going to a straight digital acquisition can improve the accuracy versus you know any kind of artifact that may be you know small micro artifact that may be present in a, a PBS. I don't know.
1: Well, just just help me understand because we're getting pretty down to the to the very granular level here, uh, uh, Peter. I know you appreciate when I use the word granular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my like favorite word not, and binary, but binary. but. Just back up a second. You're talking about taking a triple tray, making a 3D printed model, then sending that model out for an analog or digital crown to be fabricated off the model. Is that correct? No. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. talking
2: about digitizing my workflow, so I never send a physical impression to the lab.
1: I I, I, yeah, I understand.
2: Okay, okay. So yeah, okay. I take a physical impression, but then I just scan that, so the lab is going to make everything purely digital, uh, which again, if you don't have model work, that's going to reduce your cost and your turnaround time. And
1: so, okay. So um, you're making a digital model that you don't print correct. And, and you and send that S- you uh, send that STL done. file to the lab. Correct. And then they don't, they, they can choose to either print or not print depending on what they want. And they'll send you back a digital, a digital crown, make it off the STL file. Exactly. Yep. Got it. So where does the printer fit into this?
2: Uh, for that, you don't really have to have the printer unless you just want to print a model to check your, your dies. But, you know, the way we did this, the first 10 or so, I, we didn't trust it. We didn't know what to expect. So I actually paid to have the crowns made both ways, and we kind of saw that the pretty big majority, we were picking the the purely digital-made one over the animal. Wow. So, you know, after that point, I didn't really see any point in continuing on to do the Analog, and um, I didn't really see the need to to do a die either. I think a lot of that comes down to your lab. I, my lab that I was using at that time, um, man, they just killed it, and I never had to touch this stuff. And so, what do I want a working
0: model for? That's that's pretty fascinating that you actually did kind of a, a split test,
1: essentially. Um, yeah, there was if, one done by Itero as well. Itero did a really cool longitudinal study where they. Well, well yeah. i wonder where their bias was though pal yeah i wonder i don't know it came out very positive for Itero. well what we found
0: is that PVS impressions are actually a lot more a lot more accurate than our itero
2: yeah probably not going to see that study part.
0: yeah exactly. exactly but now back
2: to your point earlier I, in theory I, I do think that your premise is right in that you know the more steps you add in the process the more potential there is for issues mm-hmm. but um you know in my experience, it's so negligible that it, it didn't, it was irrelevant in my end results, you know. And, and I think if you're a dentist that's taken garbage PBS impressions, then mm-hmm. you're going to take double garbage uh, digital. digital impressions, and, and the lab can't save you either case. And if you're doing great impressions, you're going to probably take great impressions with either method, and, and your results are going to be so good either way, it won't matter. I was having great results with models, I got great results with digital. Just didn't seem to matter either way
0: Yep. so walk well, you were you were going through and i interrupted you about kind of like some of the applications of 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 you know printing printing essentially aligners you know digital dentures uh are you are you doing a lot of like guards and orthotics
2: uh, well, I mean, you could, I'm not just simply cause I'm not. Uh, right.
0: Okay. Practicing. Well, yeah. But yeah. I think
2: that's an application that you could, um, there's, there's materials out there that you can print, not guards and appliances. So that's a great application. I,
0: I guess from a business perspective, what I would want to do as an owner of a practice, I would want to make sure that, that I would want to recoup my ROI. Whether it was 8,000 or 50,000 as fast as possible. So I could see the value to my practice other than me just wanting to kind of play with toys. Right. And so, okay do you have a workflow that you, that you can get someone? Cause all it's going to take is that light bulb switching that says, Holy yes. shit, this is the pathway. You know, like this is, this is it. I got it. And so, but I think if you look at it like this, all the stuff, all these videos you do on YouTube, like literally I watched that and I'm like, I can't do that. I don't have, I don't have the, the, you know, all this software. I'm like, I, I, I can't learn that. And so, but I think if I had tiptoed in it and if you had told me like a pathway for like, you know, Digital 101 or whatever, that you were like, okay, right. do this first and then kind of master this and then do this and then, you know, keep dipping your toe further and further in.
2: Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at a, a couple models here that I, let me just run you through some questions and, and let's okay. see if you can get an ROI on it. So, are either of you doing uh, clear aligner ortho at all?
0: Yeah, tons. Me. Craig, that's tons, all he okay. does actually. Okay, okay.
1: Personally. Cool. So,
2: um, you don't have to say what company you're using, but what's your lab bill for, let's say, an upper or lower case?
1: Um. Well, the normal lab bill eighteen hundred dollars. But no, what's yours le- at my level? Um, you're like getting the eight, discount, right? Yeah, probably like a. Le- a p- twelve hundred. 1200. Yeah, twelve hundred. Right.
2: Let, let's say your average Joe, or well, let's let's push it. Let's use your number, okay? So you're twelve hundred. Yeah. Um. Are you, Are you able to push a button on a computer? That within your skill set.
1: Um That's
2: a little bit facetious question, right? Yeah,
1: so, yeah, yeah. I got so on the podcast. Your,
2: so. Yeah, you can take your, uh, your digital model, right? You can upload it into Blue Sky Plan. And let's say you don't want to learn any software at all, right? That's not in your wheelhouse. You don't want to do it. So you can push this button within Blue Sky Plan called Lab Pronto. Um, think of it kind of like Uber for dental laboratory services. And so you can have someone snatch that out of the cloud and within – six eight hours you've got back uh the full digital ortho treatment plan uh you can tell them i want weekly trays monthly bi whatever but they'll make it to those uh, effects by
0: whom by do. whom like uh, some I now. Bad
2: technicians now these are, like for example the I'm, I'm looking at uh let's see can y'all see those that's
0: freaking awesome An this Uber is uh
2: yeah, so I, I just had this done. Uh, it's a case I'm doing for my uh, my orthodontic buddy, and um, we're doing a charity case. And so we threw these into the cloud. Six hours later, I had these things done, and it was I know the technician that did it. It's Darren Thronson in uh, at IDT Dental Lab And Yeah, I know him.
1: Dar- Darren Thronson? I know yeah, who he is, yeah. yeah.
2: So, so yeah. Darren, Darren planned this case and designed them and gave me back the models, and, and now all I have to do is print. Okay, so I print these models. I don't remember how many this case is, but let's say it's 20 aligners, upper and lower. So you can't yet print the aligners, but you would print the models, and then you just make your pressure form thing, something that any remotely competent dental assistant ought to be able to do. The doctor shouldn't be doing this. Wait, so what did
1: you say? Make, make a what for them?
2: Make the pressure form aligner. Open. Oh, like an S6 so suck
1: take, down. Yeah, a you suck take
2: down. your 675 or whatever, and you pressure form it. And that's it. And so you're, you're, and it cost me $200, $195 to outsource that. And Darren had it done in six hours back to me. So I'm, I'm 200 bucks in, and then you're going to be looking at maybe a dollar per model to print it and a dollar worth of suck down material. And so our. And how much
0: time cost- roughly, like, I'm just trying to think of of human hours like of making the trays and all that stuff. Like how much time would be involved in that?
2: The, the time, if you've got an assistant that is, is relatively sharp, they're going to they're be doing these rapid fire, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're going to get a batch. They're going to do probably 10 of them at a time. And it's just boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. And so um, I don't know specifically. So it's essentially like, like 10 find.
0: Essex retainers kind of thing. I mean, is that essentially what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: So these, these models, um, the teeth have been sequentially moved a little bit from model to model. And they just pop this one into the mini star pressure form it it out stick this one in but you
0: right. got to trim them all right i mean just i don't again i don't yeah, do lab. you do don't have do to trim bed. it but okay. there's
2: uh there's some really efficient stuff baron grutter for example has got uh, a nice assistant training and, and baron does the best job of this he's kind of the ortho point man on, on blue sky plan but he he really lays out the numbers for those guys and say uh oh, it's labor-intensive i don't want to do that um basically if you're if you do like two to three cases a month, you, you can hire another full-time assistant who will pay them mm-hmm. for themselves. You don't need to do that because this is
1: definitely look, something. Look at, look at the disintermediation of the lab tech here.
0: Here comes the blockchain talk, Corey.
1: <laughs> no, it's, just, it's not the blockchain talk. It's just, it's amazing how, like I have, it, we have an, our, own, our own in-house lab. So you get these, you know, technologically skilled people that have no understanding of dental anatomy that are, pro, that are cruising, you got these guys that understand the art of anatomy. Like, even Pincus Adar um, is doing monolithic zirconia now. He was the stacking feldspathic guy from Goldstein-Garber, and now sure. he's doing monolithic zirconia veneers on Miss Georgia. No,
0: not monolithic. They're graded. I mean, they're… they're no, they're
1: monolithic. They, there's a gradient within the zirconia.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: You have a block that has incisal body and all that, but there's no feldpathic stacked on top of it it's just crazy to me that and now you're talking about an assistant it's true so now you have an assistant like I'm looking in my own practice not for another lab employee I'm looking for an assistant that can learn how to design and mill CEREC crowns so I'm like I'm looking for a you know one of those assistants that's mid-level that's like hey do you want a really cool career path I'll send you for CERAC training advanced CEREC training and you'll be a CEREC designer
2: A quick aside on on that note, if if I could go back into practice tomorrow, I would have a dedicated employee that I hired that only did this digital stuff. And one of their jobs would be that every single hygiene patient that came in and and we asked if if they even had the slightest amount of um, inclination towards um, aesthetic treatment, then we're going to do digital models and that person is going to be capable of doing digital wax-ups. How many times have you done a wax up, transferred it into the patient's mouth? They look at hopefully the end result and then not done the case.
0: It, it never happened to me. It's, it actually happened to me just the other day. But I, I have a saying for this, Corey, is that you can't unring the bell when you show them what they can look like.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine trying to sell a Mercedes by description. Like you go to the Mercedes-Benz sure. dealership and you're like interested in the C-Class because that's 300 bucks a month. And all of a sudden, like you're in the E class, like oh wow, that's kind of cool. And then you see, then you sit in the S class, mm-hmm. and like one, you can't unring that bell. You're like, damn, I could, I, I, you know, I could probably liquidate my 401k, and you know, I, you know, uh, you know, no yeah. big deal. I just won't go out to dinner. I'll just spend the twelve hundred dollars a month, and I'll eat ramen noodles. But I mean, we as dentists, you have to be a maverick uh, treatment plan person. You have to do all your emotions, but you could be anybody and put that you skin You'd be Invis- terrible. Yeah, Invisalign figured this out. I was, my lab tech was just in San Francisco, and Invisalign has scanning centers. They're free. Yeah. You walk in, you get an outcome simulator and you get to see what you're going to look like.
0: So okay, Corey, so you, you both
2: agree with me on that.
0: So. Yeah. Keep going down that pathway, which you would do.
1: I, I like that. If
2: that's my the part. answer and hardly anyone ever says no, then why don't you do it on every person?
1: Right. Why are you spending 500 bucks a month on Yelp ads and a thousand bucks a month on pay-per-click when you could just spend 500 bucks a month on doing digital access on everybody? <laughs> that's real value and
2: and what I was going to say is the reason you don't do it is that it no one's giving away wax ups right but Mm -hmm. if you can now digitize that so that now I can do the wax up in 20 minutes and I just print the model make a pressure form or whatever over it or even better you can directly print kind of in essence like a snap on smile and just stick it in their mouth so you know you get them back or at their next hygiene visit say hey we we kind of mocked up you know your case, would you want to see what it looks like in your mouth and you pop it in, you know, I would, I would have to think that your aesthetic case acceptance would skyrocket. Yeah. Um, And so that alone would be such a tremendous practice builder that um, I would, I would have a dedicated employee that only did that. And yeah. then if they had dead time, they'd be making ortho aligners. And then if they had dead time beyond that, they'd be making digital dentures. Or, they, I mean, or I printing
0: that, night guards or whatever.
1: Like Yes. Like,
2: the digital guru is the next full-time position in a dental
1: office. For yeah, sure. for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's cool about, it, funny, what's cool
0: about it, too, sorry, Greg, and we've talked about this before, but, like, it really could almost be a gamer, like someone who really can do yeah. – doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm this clinical badass with these great hands. Like you could almost be a gamer that has a high level acumen of of computer technology and CAD CAM doesn't frighten you and spatial relationships, and be and and really have a cool career in dentistry now. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's neat.
1: Hey everybody, it's Dr. Craig Spodak from the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast and I am super fired up to talk to you guys about our summit happening October 12th and 13th at the beautiful St. Regis Hotel in Atlanta. This is the opportunity to learn everything we've accumulated over the last 20 years of dentistry and business management. We're leaving it all on the table, there's nothing to sign up for afterwards, this is just two days of intense learning and mastermind sessions, we strongly encourage you to bring someone in your office that's a stakeholder, not just an employee, but someone that's actually following you and treats your business as their own. Because if you come back from this thing all fired up and you don't have your first follower or someone to help implement, it's gonna be very difficult. So once again, October 12th and 13th at the beautiful St. Regis Hotel in Atlanta. Registration is filling up very, very quickly and the tickets are almost sold out, so go to proof dental practice.com forward slash summit and reserve your spots today see you soon people yeah it's true so so quick question then this is what dsd is trying to do so coachman is uh, why you laugh, why are you smiling me uh, oh i'm not no, no, no. I'm looking at Peter. Peter's just like watching my steps very carefully how I navigate through this one. No, but it, it is – this is what DSD will tell you. I mean, I haven't done the course, and I love Chris Coachman, but but Peter – Yeah, great guy, and doing great things for the profession. So what is the difference between what you're saying and DSD? Uh,
2: probably about $1,000 per case. Right. I mean, bottom line, it's money. I mean, if right, yes, that is – an amazing service and probably I've never done it, but I'm sure it's incredible, but they're not giving it away. Whereas I can, I can use blue sky plan. I can use mesh mixer for goodness sake, which is not even a dental software. And I can do this by myself immediately. I don't have to outsource it to anyone else. And then I just print it. So, um, I'm sure they're doing a higher level of service, but at at what point does that become necessary
1: Well, let me, walk me through the workflow. I could, in theory, I could take an eye, and correct me any part I'm wrong in this. New patient comes in, I take an iTero scan on them. I export that file to the Blue Sky company, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Well, no, just to the, our software's free. You can download it right now. It's just Blue Sky Plan. Okay, Blue Sky Plan. Now you open those, those stands up in Blue Sky Plan.
1: Okay. So then I manipulated digital wax up. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you, or I could pay your company to do it, correct?
2: We don't do it. We're, we're Uber, right? We facilitate the…
1: They're just the connection. Okay. The, the cloud to… A okay, so Darren be- Thronson picks it up, says, I want to do it. Yep. He does it. He charges me blank dollars, sends the STL file back to me. I print a model, make a SILTEC index, try it in the patient's mouth, and we move forward, right?
2: Yeah, or uh, or unless you do what I mentioned, which is directly print the thing so that it just slides onto the top yeah. of their teeth. That's right. even less costly because now you don't have the material of the putty.
1: Or yeah, but the there's. Control. Yeah, but that that putty is such an awesome transfer. It's a it's a, I mean, it yes. it, you put a putty in, it it looks like the final result. So, so then my question see, is: Do you want to
2: see my uh, my snap-on smile? Yeah, got please. So I'll show you mine. This. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. wow that's good man
0: really? yeah.
1: what what is your alter ego that you call yourself when you wear that just out of curiosity Corey.
0: <laughs> i just
2: call myself Corey. you know it's
1: yeah because that doesn't really fit like Corey glenn from winchester texas yeah. when you wear that
2: yeah so no I, I mean i just put some gold leaf on that but what that started out as was just experimenting with this technique and just directly printing up in bleach shade crown and bridge material a proposed wax up on myself. I've ground the crap out of my teeth and I added back the length based on my fixtures. And, and then instead of doing the whole transfer thing and wasting material and putty and all that, I just printed that thing off and it slid right on my
1: teeth. Wow. Amazing. 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 I mean, uh, I, I'm just blown away. And then, and then let's take that step a little further. So now you've tried in this mock-up, you have a working model, you try the mock-up patients like gold, and I love this. You can then, um how would you then like let's just say you put the temporaries in, everything's perfect they say i want this duplicated i want my mm-hmm. new smile to look exactly like this take us down to the next step uh
2: exactly like you would do with any uh crown and bridge case old school technique right now you you start out with the pre-op model and i would i would impress that in the in the state that the patient loves i would do pictures with it and then we'd start prepping and you prep not from where they are but from the ideal aesthetic endpoint right? right so two millimeters through the wax up
0: yeah reverse prep almost.
2: yeah you're reverse prepping um you do your preparations you take your impression, send it off to the lab you refabricate their temps based again on that pre-op impression that you did so you've got your uh your putty transfer and the lab simply has to make the restorations basically biocopy for the people that do serac you're biocopying the what it looked like that they loved.
1: Yeah. So even in theory, you could, um, I mean, imagine the implications of this for all on four and other things. So imagine if you're changing someone's vertical, you could let them roll with their temporaries for six weeks, dial in all their interferences, get their bike totally, totally comfortable and then scan that and transfer that. Because right. if you're doing it the old school way, you're never going to get a hundred percent transference of that. You get new interferences and stuff like that. So that's pretty badass. And then also look at it for all in four, trying and, you know, wax and then digitizing that. I mean, I get the big barrier to this whole thing. And sorry, sorry, because I just want to get this one point out, is that it's not in the world of lab tech. It's not really in the world of dentists yet. So dentists are better off. They're like, (laughs) screw it. I know it's super freaking inefficient to, um, to do it the old school way. But while I'm dicking around with a 3D printer, I could be prepping another case or...
2: True. I don't think the dentists, unless they're one like me that likes it, though, should be the one doing that. Right. I mean, so, you know, 3D so, printing uh, with something like a Moonray or Form Two, it's not that technical. I mean, you know that you you load it in the software and you push print and it it does it. You know, and then you pull it off and clean it off in some alcohol. It's it's not that technical, really. Um, it's so part of why we developed that lab pronto is that what is extremely big learning curve is that whole design aspect. Yeah. Right. That one whips dentists, you know, for the longest Sarah I got the bad name. All these things look like these chewing gum or whatever. It wasn't a flaw of the machine. It's that mm-hmm. it's junk in, junk out. And mm-hmm. the dentist or the assistant for the most part, we kind of suck at designing. And so that's been the effort with, you know, this whole lab pronto thing is okay. So maybe you've got an in-house mill, but maybe you don't want to, design. And so you can completely outsource that now. Push the over button. Someone else does it, gives you back a flawless so uh, design cool. that now you just mill it or print it or whatever. And it's taken that aspect off your plate. You, you don't have to have the stress of it. And uh, it's just a lot simpler.
0: That's so cool. That, that's such a great idea is to, cause you're right the design and looking at the software is so daunting but you know back to my original question about how do you tiptoe in like can you scan and do you have a printer and then and then hit the uber button or the pronto button?
2: that's the cheapest point of entry is a uh the free software a printer and a scanner
0: that's pretty and you say free software because you guys blue sky bio charges per export to stl
2: right the, the blue sky plan is is free software and then the only charge associated with it is um again a per export so some stuff like the dentures and the orto right now those are in beta so there's no charge at all on that um eventually it'll be like the surgical guide where you you know maybe it's 15 bucks or whatever but i'll do that all day long i don't care
0: Corey, can you talk about where the denture technology is i know it's you know sometimes dentures are not hot and sexy as veneers and smile designs and such but like but honestly, I always tell people that it's, you know, it's the fundamentals for, for, for everything that we do. The, the setting it, it is, up and can you talk a little bit about?
2: down one of the most important things that I think a, a newer, younger dentist should learn. I, I always make the joke in my courses about how, you know, you get out of dental school and you say, I'm never doing another denture and Yet you go pay John Coyce or Frank Spear sixty eighty thousand dollars 80000 to teach you full mouth rehab. Well, if you'd have just done all those denture cases, it would have been 100%. free, right? You yep. might have even gotten
1: 10 I mean, from
2: Delta Dental for making their denture. It, but it's it, all you know, those principles. GDO, that's do one of the most... Video. how do you make aesthetics, right? Where's What's yep. the puzzle plane? Yeah. So you know it with dentures, which are easy and easy to correct if you screw it up then you can translate all that to implant yeah. full mouth rehabs to that's rehabs. my
1: invisalign that's my invisalign practice was my denture technique understanding right. it's a same thing in the clincheck software you move the teeth just like you did in wax yep so yeah,
2: so uh, yeah. i love dentures um, but you know the dilemma with them has always been that the re- insurance reimbursement is very poor for it. And yet the lab bill is one of the highest of any service that we do and the time involved, you know, your five appointments, the way most of us are taught. And so it's a losing battle on all fronts. And the people that need the dentures are usually the least able to pay that high price it should command. And so that's a uh, you know, digital dentures have been around a while, but they've not really solved those issues, right? They didn't really cut down on the time. They were even more expensive than traditional analog. So instead of being 300, now you got a $400 per arch lab bill. It, it makes no sense. And so that's, uh, that's what we were trying to remedy with the Blue Sky Denture software is how do we cut down on appointments? How do we make it a lot more affordable? And so uh, now essentially you can design it uh, one maximum two appointments, and then you can deliver that final denture. Um, your costs are going to be just an export fee, uh, your cost of m- printing materials. I I did the math on one that, excuse me, that I showed I think on Dentaltown, and it ended up being like eighteen bucks fourteen dollars, eighteen dollars, something like that. It, yeah. was, it was. I think $20. I
0: remember you doing that. My jaw dropped. I was like, oh, eighteen dollars?
2: So many technicians bad with that post. Uh, I mean, I oh
0: gotta, god, yeah.
1: I got. Well, look I got at how many hate mail, like you wouldn't believe. Well, let, really? look, look at look at globally. Look at how many. That's travel-
0: when you know you're doing something right. By the way, pal. Yeah. Well,
1: look at how many. Look at how many taxi drivers had a medallion for a million dollars to drive, operate a taxi. Look at how right. many travel agents are pissed at orbits. You know, what I mean, yep. everything is getting disrupted. You know, it,
2: it is, and and what I try to tell those people is, you know, you're you're crying about it today, and five years from now, you're going to be doing it and you won't be out of business. It'll be just like the guys that shamed the people using CAD cam crowns and now they all do it and it's yep. made their life better and more efficient. It's just people, people don't like change. I get it. So whatever. I'm,
0: so what are I'm the materials? Like how does that, how does that work for, I don't want to get, I don't want to get, get too in the weeds, like Craig's saying or too granular, but like, is it there for, is the tech ready to, to deploy indentures, like, ready to go? Like, from the material standpoint, the 3D printing?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so you've got, you've got three options, as I see it. Um, grab one right here. This, uh, this is printed teeth in white and then a printed base in pink, and then you just bond them together. So that's going to be your cheapest option. You what um, them
1: together? You spawned? Spawned. Oh, bond. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? I was like, you're, you've already lost me. I'm like, now you have to use trout and shit? Yeah. Tr- uh, you,
2: you, you could do a monolithic denture and then just put on some pink gingiva. this is kind of my favorite right now. It's the strongest because it is all monolithic. Um, what
0: material you know, this, is that, Corey?
2: This, this is Crown and Bridge MFH from Next Dent.
0: And that's on uh, the Moonray?
2: Yeah. that's what. I'm what is there.
1: MFH?
2: I think it's micro filled hybrid composite it's a it's a nano resin
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the i literally this whole this whole podcast i feel like this geezer
0: <laughs> like, what are you
1: kids talking about you and your rap yeah. music <laughs> you and your
0: spawning and, and your mfh i got only that
1: get a deer uh, hanging from this wall peter i mean this is freaking me out man i
0: love him yeah. i love him hey you know yeah. My in-laws are from Mississippi. I'm down with the. I'm down with the uh, the trophies on the wall.
1: No, I'm kidding with you. I, I'm, I'm in it too. I'm just joking. Keep going. So Mfh is uh that's your favorite one because of its strength.
2: Yeah, and, and it's just a simpler workflow. There's nothing to bond together after the fact. I can apply that gingiva in and, and minutes. Very. What simple. is that gingiva? So,
1: the gingiva is a composite that's bonded that, on.
2: Yeah, NX gum. You could also use GC. Um, uh, what G- is G- it called? GC America.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. GC's got a gingival component. Gradia gum. Oh yeah. There. Gradia. Gradia direct. Yeah. So those, tell me, why were there holes down. on that? Was that a was that a, um, a hybrid? All on four. All on
2: four. Yep. Wow. Just ready to go on this. Wait, so,
1: show us that. So that's an all on four that's going to be picked up in the mouth and converted. Yes.
2: It it is a denture, but it's got the holes pre made so that when you do your guided surgery and your osteotomies end up in that position. The holes are already made for the Holy pickup, shit. and your conversion is just a piece of cake.
1: And you're picking up with a little composite? composite?
2: Uh, whatever you want. You can use like composite or acrylic. Or-
1: you know how much easier that is, though? How much more precise and easy? That's so freaking oh, cool. Oh, there's
2: no question. Yeah,
1: and then you grind away the flanges, and you've converted.
2: Right. Or, you, wow. you know, I'll tell you another one that I uh, – this is like a big show-and-tell type.
1: I love it. I didn't, I didn't know we would get this treat. Yeah. So yeah. glad you weren't strapped to your maybe desktop.
2: It's, yeah. Maybe it's good that the computer didn't work. Um, you know, the other thing I'm doing and I don't know that I can find it, but basically I make a, a shell. And so it's, it's the entire hybrid already cut down with flanges already with holes made, but it's a half millimeter thickness of material so that finding your cylinders is a piece of cake. And then you just load that thing up with or, um, acrylic or whatever and the pickup is just super super easy with minimal finishing
1: what we're doing right now is so freaking backwards man it is crazy uh, i mean, I mean we've what, what, ever
2: done that is
1: what we're doing crazy. now is we have an acrylic temporary right and after the acrylic temporary is all dialed in we do a wax try-in then we fabricate a titanium bar And then we try to go. We try to build it all back again. It's so ass backwards, man. It's crazy. Right. And the funny (laughs) thing is, is that in then you break it.
2: You almost always break those things before. Yeah. So
1: who came up with the idea that the holy grail of structural integrity is the substructure? I don't give a crap about my substructure. Like porcelain fused to zirconia, like, oh, zirconia is unbreakable. You're you're not going to break a coping. You chip the laminating porcelain. And so a patient, when their facial porcelain breaks off, that is a catastrophic failure. Like I don't know, like the bar that we do when we do a titanium bar with acrylic on it, the bar doesn't break. Terrible. I hate
2: those.
1: I know, but the bar doesn't break.
2: No.
1: It's the the porcelain cracks. Yeah. And to a patient, they don't care. So why is it that the biomechanical engineers are tucked away in their labs telling people about substructure strengths when it's the laminating? It's the, the failure is the laminating, uh, the, the, the vinyl siding, as my lab tech calls it. Yeah. pretty stuff. Right. So it's just broken. So yeah,
2: that's, uh, you know, I think there's, if you're into full arch dentistry or implants, man, it, I think you're insane if you don't have all this stuff because there is just so much you can do with that. Um, uh, back to the, the denture thing, you know. The, if you like traditional dentures, and I think I think they're still probably the strongest. But what you can do is you can print off the base, stick in the teeth, and then just send this to the lab and let them conventionally process it. So uh, when I try that, it's um, I have Burbank Dental Lab, and but all I'm paying them to do is process. And so now my denture lab bill goes from 350 down to just 100. Still, way What, what
1: are they doing? They're yeah. eliminating <laughs> the whole thing with acrylic, or they're eluding?
2: no, no, no. They're they're in. So, what do you do with traditional denture processing? Right, you, you flask it, you invest it, you boil out, and the teeth are left, and then you pack or press or inject acrylic. Well, they're doing the exact same thing. It's just now we're eliminating all that hand setting of teeth and the wax and everything.
1: So, wait, those teeth. Show me that thing again. Your camera's moving. I want to see that. What that looks like.
2: Uh, well, this is just a final denture that no no the thing. one
1: with the holes where the reception <laughs> uh receptors you're,
2: you're set on the, the holes aren't you
1: no 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 no. I'm sorry I'm so sorry Corey the, the last one you just picked up the one that you just uh, looped the teeth the that you, yes that yeah, one sockets yeah sockets
2: so this is designed such that it has the sockets and you just take the whatever the corresponding real physical teeth are and you just pop them in there
1: so the sockets are, how, how does it know, like if those are Ivoclar sockets or whatever, is that built into right something? Right now,
2: it's just what STLs we have in the software. So in our initial beta, the, the companies that has given us up their um, their STLs is Nobilium. And so those are Nobilium T.
1: Got it. So you you would literally physically wax those in, flask it, boil out, and then press acrylic into it. And yep. the acrylic would just be, and the and the whole, like the socket tooth junction. Uh,
2: well, no, 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 That So once, once they've invested it, think of this as being wax. Uh, so,
1: Oh, that it, burns it out? Comes
2: out. Well, it doesn't burn out, but once you've, uh, flasked it this gets completely removed and the only thing left in the flask is the negative where this was uh, and the it. actual denture teeth. so now they can do Ivo base they can do uh, so that's press, why, it reduces, that's why right. it
0: reduces the cost that's why it reduces the cost because all they're doing is
2: processing, processing now processing not, it the the, the cost in dentures is in the wax try-in it's in the fabrication of base plates and all that tedious lab work that you've got to do for that. We eliminate all of that because we go straight to a so-called wax try-in. But what it really is, is a printed base with the teeth stuck in there, the real teeth and maybe just a tiny little drop of wax to hold them in place. Yeah.
1: That's awesome, man. Man, this is blowing my freaking brain.
0: (laughs) My mind's going crazy right now. So Corey, do you have, you have courses, right? That like if, if, we wanted to know more or our listeners wanted more, don't you do some courses and some continuums? Yeah, I do.
2: Yeah, okay. I, do um, I, I just kind of do a hodgepodge of different courses, but they're all on CoreyGlenn.org. Um, so Org. that's where I post them.
0: Okay. And um, all right. And um, Craig, do you have any questions on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, hopefully in the show notes, we can go over how to learn all that stuff, but this is, um, yeah, i just blown away, man. I'm blown away because I see what's possible, but then it's also, like, really frustrating that this is, like, when, like, I mean, yeah. for the older people out there, this is, like, when Napster came out <laughs> and I had just come back from, like, Tower Records buying $60 worth of Guns N' Roses CDs or whatever. Uh, like, I could have got yeah, this yeah. all for free. It's, it just blows my mind. But it, it's it, actually no better. no
2: question there's a learning curve, and, and it's easy for those of us that have been in it for long enough to think, oh, it's no big deal. You go into Mesh Mixer and you do it. A- a Boolean subtraction and people are looking like, you know, you're an alien or something. So I, I try not to minimize that. There, there is a learning curve, but again, that's where I think this hybrid approach of maybe, yes, you've got the printer in the mill and and the acquisition stuff for of a scanner, but maybe you aren't, maybe you don't ever even want to learn all that design stuff and you don't have to now. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. It's pretty cool. All right. So, so yeah, Greg, we will definitely get that stuff. Up. Um, Corey, you've got my you've got my mind literally is racing like with all the applications of the stuff you just talked about. It's just it's Good. fascinating. And man, I think it's I think you're doing. i I've, I've I courted you to get you on this podcast because I've been following you for a long time. I hit you up on Facebook Messenger because like I really think you're just you're changing the direction of the industry and you're huge you're massively influential in the digital space. And I thank you for what you're doing and and pressing on even as you're not even seeing clinical patients anymore, you're really doing it just for the, you know, the betterment of the profession. I, and I want uh, to thank you. As
2: I, Well, thank you. I mean, it's this, this stuff is a hobby to me. I, I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, it is kind of still my job too, but um, I mean, I've got this warp in me that something about me just loves to beat the man. So if I can figure out a, a cheaper and, or an easier way to do it, that's,
1: you know, I'll do well, it. to it's, it's actually cheaper, easier, better. Well yeah. I mean
2: that's the goal It's I mean. better
1: so it's, it's a patient focus as well and a safe patients visits and I mean listen if you can sexy. If, you a, if you have a 3d printed denture it doesn't matter that it's not as strong because you know how much does it cost to print another one or to do another one it's all stored in the cloud and
0: And that's just a matter of time until the materials catch up like yes we're in our infancy with printing of the materials but like they're going to get stronger and they're going to advance and get sure you know more beautiful more aesthetic more you know it's it's all going to it's it's definitely the pathway and i i appreciate you for taking us down that path and 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 i'm seriously looking at attending uh having me and some of my docs attend your your stuff uh, coming up, I'm looking at your schedule now. Um, okay. And I We're will there. say, Corey, I got that, muted
2: there for a second because my wife was calling, but uh oh,
0: I'm still here. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, and and I was I was basically just saying how I was looking at your courses because I want me and me and some of my docs to go um, and really just kind of start diving into this space. I mean, we do it now, but really diving in at your level would right. be really neat. And as I'm reading your bio or your 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 meet Corey Glenn part. I will have you know, Corey, that I cut my hair with a Flobie in high school. My man, I see that, I see that you are a beer.
2: I'm a, a Flobie.
0: I I have own. many haircuts underneath underneath <laughs> my that have been flobeized.
2: I wouldn't well, go pay the the barber, you know. Yeah, I mean it I goes, that, home, you know, that, that goes at home. That goes with, with your whole thing,
1: thing,
0: man. You know. To this day, my dad still cuts his hair with a Flobie, and we bought it. in – I bet you, we bought that thing thirty years ago. And I, I can't tell you how much money he's probably saved. Not to mention, it's just such a great idea. It sucks the hair up. You don't have all the hair all yeah. over. Such a great
2: idea. If you, if you ever need it. So I broke a couple of my little, you know, the hype attachments. So yeah. I scanned them in and I 3D printed some. 3D printed. So them. So of course, I course you did. Supply of <laughs> 3D printable floby heads.
0: I bet there's. I bet that's not the only thing in your house that's been 3D printed. Yeah.
2: No, there's there's plenty of things.
0: Did you did you 3D print
1: your wife or?
0: No. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Uh, trouble.
1: Yeah, um, well.
0: Well, Corey, I appreciate you taking the time with us, man, and um, definitely going to circle up with you uh, off podcast land, if you will, because I want to okay. uh, I'm, 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 have some follow up questions, and would love to get you back on maybe later in the year and just kind of show the progression of how quickly this this industry is, is moving along. We maybe we can do a follow up, but sure. I truly appreciate your time, and um, man, it's been it's been awesome. So thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, guys, Um, good talking to you. Amazing, Corey. Thank you, buddy. Just blew my mind, man. So cool. So very cool. Good. Good. Great talking
0: to you guys. All right, man. man. Have a great rest of the evening. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Check out bulletproofdentalpractice.com for video interviews and text bulletproof to 345-345 to stay connected to us for special announcements. Have a
0: great day.